everybody what it do what it do what it do, 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 do. yo happy almost sabbath but happy birthday to the birthday boy to the birthday boy thank you thank you thank you today is sir jamie king jamie uh the El Capitan. Okay, El Captain. Um, it's your birthday. Salute, salute, salute. We are super excited and grateful and happy that you are able to see another birthday. A black man in uh, America. You are 44 years old and you live to see that. So, yo, that is amazing facts thank you thank you thank you i'm blessed to be here thank you for an amazing day of relaxation and chill Always. we went to terra a mediterranean buffet for lunch flavors were bursting <laughs> in my mouth it was so good and then i got a wonderful nice massage and mm -hmm. that's all i need i don't need nothing else i got my family and all of that so i'm gucci that's what's up that's what's up i'm so glad to hear that you are enjoying your day. Um, again, again, we're not able to see the comments here. So that's... So Dorian, what up, Dorian? The Shout fam bam. says, happy birthday, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. Also, shout out to Sister Gibbs. <laughs> Gene Gibbs, yes, yes, yeah. To the Gibbs. Yeah. The desires of your heart. Thank you, thank you, amen, thank you. Amen, amen, amen. Who else is watching? You know that this is the time where we give our shout outs to those that are watching us. I know that we're on a little bit earlier than usual, um, but we trying, y'all. We trying to stay consistent and be. Yeah, um, we were supposed to be on at seven o'clock, but somebody was like, that's too early. It is too early. Like the sun is up. Like, I just feel like um because a lot of our viewers are on the east coast and it's eight o'clock so when we're on at eight they gotta they gotta be on at nine so i figure the earlier they can watch it but never but they still but they still probably trying to get ready get ready for the sabbath or not All right. <laughs> whatever thou sayest not um but we out here we out here um just completely thoroughly happy to be in this space again uh, celebrating Jamie um, for this for this amazing birthday. So every time I think about forty four, I think about four four four. Um, uh, that's what's his name's album, Jay Z. Jay Z's album, yeah. Of which we were listening to today. We were listening to it a little bit, so that was cool mm -hmm. that we were able to listen to uh, the album. But also, um, what was this? What's the significance of four 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 again? Four 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 is the time that he woke up and. He was, I guess, either woke up and restarted recording or woke up and felt inspired to write that album. Gotcha. Okay, okay. 
Gotcha. Okay. Sorry. So there is a comment coming through here. It's so interesting. I'm not sure why that is, but uh, Christine Lawson says, happy birthday, Pastor. Thank you, Christine. Shout out to you. Yes. Yes. Trevor as well. What up, Trevor? It's been a minute since we've seen you in the chat. Yo, Trev, Trev. We- Dr. J. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Trev, yeah. we got to watch your um your episode of House Hunters. Wait a minute, what? Trev was on House Hunters. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. My brain did something. I'm not sure. My brain said House Hunters, but I didn't think about. I don't know what my brain did. I, when I heard, I, all I heard was Hunters. And I was like, wait a minute, he's a hunter. Like, sorry, my brain. He was hunting for a house. And I heard he... Uh, he purchased a home, so congratulations. That's what's up. To you congrats. And to the family. Bye. Uh. They like to say congratulations. <laughs> you moved it on. Like to say congratulations. Worked okay. so hard, but forgot to take vacation. Not only can I rap, but I can also sing. So I don't know Give me how I feel about you like doing that controlling that i feel like i need to we need to be like doing it together because your jewelry when oh. it hits is clacking and it's picking up in all the right back. all right all right i'll i'll take it off i'll take it off don't take it off i'll control it you no, no no i'll take it off because i don't want the clanking i'm sure that must be annoying to people but anyway who else is watching us right. chat? i see it coming through or coming up here on our um on my screen um, but it's not coming up on here. But I'm not going to call anybody out. If you don't put your name in the chat and be like, hey, what's up? I love whatever. Then I won't say anything. Joni Mitchell. RG. <laughs> it's Joan Mitchell. Joan Mitchell. But Joni, Joan. You know what I'm okay. Saying? That's okay. a government though. Joan. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, Shout out to Gary as well, if he's probably watching as well. Rhoda is watching. I told you, we're not going to call out people. Oh, okay. <laughs> If they're not in the chats, then, you know, some people like to stay anonymous, right? True. So not to say that you want to stay anonymous, Rhoda, but any event. Back. Um, uh, Shantae, what up, Shantae? Sure. He says, happy bir- birthday, Dr. J. Happy birthday. Can I give Shantae horns? Yes, because she... <laughs> All right, Rhoda spoke, Rhoda spoke. Oh, he says... Rhoda. Man, oh man, can can we just talk a little bit about how hot it is here in Texas? Fam. Fam. It's when we were out today, it was a hundred the car was 108. 108 degrees. But we don't know like what it felt like. Right? Like right. It, it usually says like what that heat index is. We don't know what that was, but it was hot. Hot. It is hot. Hades. Like hot. Dragon. My lord, like, I am like, yo. Three Hebrew boys, furnace hot. It's Nebuchadnezzar out there. Yo, it's, it's, um, what? Nebuchadnezzar. Come on, you understand the the wordplay? Crystal, what up, Crystal? Crystal. She says, happy birthday. (laughs) Uh, Trevor says, oh, y'all got the heat wave too? My sincere condolences. Oh, yeah, yeah, Trevor, yo. I think, Trev, you're in Florida, right? Yeah, heat wave. Yo. It's like none other. It ain't going nowhere near I'm that. like, um, so, uh, but I'm not complaining because I know what the, uh, you know, what the other, you know, 
winter. The alternative. The alternative, which is winter. And I'm good. So I won't complain, Jesus. Thank you for this heat. You gotta I, sing the song. What song? I won't complain. I don't really I don't really know. The words are only I won't complain. No, I'm sure. Sh- there's no more? I don't think so. Sure. I'm sure I've there's had, more. I've had good days, I've had bad days. Yeah, I won't complain. Exactly. Okay, those are all the words. I don't know the tunes, but um, Dorian was in the chats and she was just like, yo, you sing too? Go ahead and bust your solo out. Uh, I reserve my solos for certain songs. Certain songs, I believe, are not worthy of my voice. So that's one of the songs that I won't use my voice to sing. I'm more in the class of singing like Daryl Coley songs. I'm more in the class of singing Donnie McClurkin songs. I'm more, I'm in that subgroup of singers. You won't hear me singing the Kirk stuff, the Fred Hammond stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm more, I feel like my voice lends more to that than to, you know, it's just, it is what it is, right? So I can't, I ain't mad at it. Don't be mad. Don't hate, but. I'm not going to be mad. So you got the microphone right there. Tap, tap, microphone, check, one, two, one, two. Go ahead. You talking about you on some Daryl Coley? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, that's not that's not what that's not what our show is about. It's not what it's about. However, right? If you're going to talk about you being li- likened to these people that can like really sing, I feel like now is the time for you to go ahead and and do that. Uh not on my birthday. Maybe next week I'll do that. I bet. Yeah. Um, I don't want to put nobody to shame, you know what I'm saying? No one to shame. Okay. Feel me? Yourself to shame. Shantae says, my car is black with leather seats. So it was extremely hot. And car said, 120 on the inside. That's crazy. She was like uh, Shantae, Abednego, and Meshach. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Her car was was a furnace. Essentially. Um, See, Rhoda's like, LOL, sing then, right? If you got all that talk, like, go ahead and sing. Nah, Rhoda, you know what I'm saying? You know, Rhoda, I'm a humble person, though. No, no you know, you didn't You didn't sound humble when you just made that whole, like, spiel about you being. But anyway, Demetrius says, go ahead and drop a hot 16. Oh, you want bars? You know, I got bars for days. Okay. Uh, Adriana, what's up, girl? She's like, happy birthday. She's Thank happy you, birthday. Adriana. <laughs> Kingsborough in the, in the house tonight. Yeah. Kingsborough, KBT. Yes. Yes. Uh, Dorian said, if your voice is like Donnie McClurkin, mm-hmm. let's hear a reprise or a hymn. As, as stated before, you know. Don't... No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like, if you're going to have all the talk, like, the New Yorkers coming out, if you're going to have all that talking, like, how are you going to talk and not, like, have nothing to back up? Like, look, don't do that. Look, 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 look. Don't say don't, not, don't do that, though. Don't I do that. Don't. Like, just be like, you know what? I can sing, boom, and leave it alone. But don't That's compare, what I'm doing. No, no, no. You compared yourself to a whole bunch of people that, like, can sing, sing. So if, if somebody's all over here talking about, like, yeah, I can sing, I can do this, I can do that, bet. Do it. Let's hear it. Yo, I'm just saying, you don't always, you, you don't, I don't move in accordance with what people want me to do. You know what I'm saying? I move by my own drum beat. And when I'm ready to sing, that's when I sing. So when people be asking me, yo, sing, Jay, sing. You know what I'm saying? When I go certain places, people be like, yo, yo, can you sing? I be like, nah, fam. 
First of all, hey, the vibe ain't right. The vibe is right right now. No, nah, the vibe. What kind of vibe you want? What can, tell me what 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 does uh, a right vibe mean? Like, what does that mean? I need I need uh, some pineapple juice. I need um, I need, I need fisherman's you know the fisherman's lozenges for my throat. I need um, I also need just 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 space. And so right now, this is not the space or the time. Know you know what it feels like? It just feels like you're just talking, but it's okay. It is what it is. I'm going to sing for y'all one day, but it's not It's not going to be tonight. Look, I'm sorry to disappoint y'all. I know y'all have been fiending and y'all have been waiting and y'all have been, you know, just sending me emails, like email after email in my DMs, and all of that stuff. But y'all, don't worry. When the time is right, I'm going to bless y'all. But right, this is not the time nor the place. Oh, that's Marvin Sapp. I could have sang it like him too. I feel like I'm in his class as well. Okay, go ahead and sing it. Not the okay. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. I was about to go. I was really about to go. I was really about to said, go. Not the yeah. I was really gonna go, but I said, let me hold back. Yo, there. We fight it. Oh Lord Jesus, help us, Lord. Yeah. Um. How about you do that, and I can't. <laughs> uh Demetrius, don't play. Demetrius says, "Can't rush perfection." I'm with you, my guy. Thank you. LOL. I want to. I, I want to put he like. He is LOLing at you trying to rush me. No people trying to rush me into something that that just can't be rushed. <laughs> Dorian <laughs> says sap too. Like yo, you you can say like sap, Marcus sap too, brother. I think you should stop talking because talking about that because that is not helping you. But anyway, that's I digress because we're not trying to. We're not trying to do that. Anyway, anyway, that's not why we're here. All right. That's not why we are that's here. Not, exactly. That's not why we're here. So let's move on to another topic. Maybe we could get into what we came here to talk about tonight. Yes, yes, yes. You're not doing your trivia and all that stuff? No, I'm not doing the trivia. I feel like mm-hmm. we've talked enough and we can get like right into it because it's a, it's a topic that is, um, I, don't, I don't know if we're talking about it enough. Um, but it's definitely a topic that, um, we wanted to highlight based on the conversation that we had last week. Last week we talked about, what are we talking about last week? I don't know. Go back and, oh, I don't know what we talked about, but that's a good plug segue. You should know by now that we have a podcast. you don't know by now. We are finally, we are finally uploading our old episodes. And we are. You trying to take my singing shot? My bad. I'm, you know, but you can do your thing because you can sing as well as really well too. But we have a podcast. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple. And so if you just look us up, Carlene plus Jamie, um, I will probably post the link. I don't know if I can post the link in your chat, but Carlene plus Jamie, we are on iTunes and Spotify. So you can catch us in your car as you're walking in the morning, whatever you're doing. You can hear us and all of the episodes will be uploading there and plus this one. So because we didn't know what we talked about last week, we were talking about camp meeting and there it we were is. talking about the, there it is. the decline um, in just yeah. even camp meeting attendance. And we noticed this trend with church. So we started well, talking about. Actually, we talked. We didn't talk about the camp meeting attendance. We just talked about how um, uh, how we're again. M- um, uh, majoring in minors, right? And in, in that, how 
the camp meeting and like how people, not people, this one particular person was talking about how the, the SDAs are going to the dogs essentially because of oh, the, yeah, um, yeah. because of what transpired at, at the uh, camp meeting. But we didn't even get to talk about the other camp meetings and the other posts and stuff like that. But I think everyone got the point. And then we brought on the point about how religious nuns uh, is something that is um, is a thing. Like you brought it to my attention. I didn't even know it was a thing, but you brought it to my attention that um, religious nuns and these are people who uh, essentially are spiritual but not religious. And it's trending up uh, and upwards, um, especially post-pandemic, mm -hmm. right? Pre-pandemic, I think it was kind of like, it was kind of, uh, we can kind of see an uptick of it, but definitely uh, pandemic after the pand during the pandemic, after the pandemic, um, we, we've seen those um, slides in terms of people, church attendance, all that stuff. So I want to also want to preface this, 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 this conversation that we're going to have on, you know, this is just us highlighting, this is just us bringing, acknowledging, acknowledging it. We're not here to necessarily, um, uh, I don't know. We don't know. got no answers. We don't got no solutions. We just highlighting what we have discovered. We researched right. and we just want to have a conversation. So we're hoping that you all will join us in the conversation. And then we're also hoping that you would have a conversation with your peoples about in it. In your right? space, yeah. Because there's maybe some things that we talk about that other people have a different perspective. But yeah, it's just a. That's all we do. All we do is talk. All we do is talk. And I also want to make sure that this is like, this is just Jamie's and I's, um, uh, um, our point of view, point of view opinions. on it, opinions on it. Um, so it doesn't represent anybody else's, anyone else's, but this is literally like our hearts. Um, and we like to keep it real and, and keep it a hundred in this space, a buck, um, because we don't have time for anything else, right. honestly. So. All right, so um, let's get started. So religious nuns, as I said, they are called SB. They're not called that, but what exactly it is? The spirit. They're spiritual, but they're not religious. So they're also termed SBNR. Okay, so those are the people who are um, unaffiliated with any organized. Religion. I was like, what is SB? MR so NR spiritual but not religious yeah um and uh, studies have shown that in 3 in 10 adults are now religiously unaffiliated okay um and so we're just kind of going to give you guys information um set it up give you guys information and then we're kind of talk through it um process through it with you guys but that's essentially what we want to do in this space right now so right. i think it's also important to highlight that um, when they fill out surveys and when they ask them what religion are you affiliated with, they check off none. So right. that's how the word nuns right. is Just coming nuns. into play. Yeah. yeah, yeah They're yeah. like, no. And so, I mean, I've seen those surveys. It's mm -hmm. like 50 million different religions at the bottom is none. So they're just like, nope, I don't attach myself affiliate, to any. Right. I'm not affiliated with any religions. So just want to leave that up. That's what religious nuns are. Right. So Jamie's going to go ahead and. Yeah. So, hey, me. we found this statistic. This is from theguardian.com, um, losing their religion. So check this out. In 1972, 92% of Americans said they were Christian. 1972, 92% of Americans. 
Mm-hmm. Pure reported. But by 27, that number will drop below 50%. And the number of religiously unaffiliated Americans or nuns will probably outnumber those adhering to Christianity. Now, that is alarming. Yeah, it is. Right? Because like 1972, 92% of the country identified as Christians. Mm -hmm. They're saying by 2070, it is going to drop below 50%. And the nuns will probably outnumber those adhering to Christianity. So if we were following this from 1972, Mm -hmm. anybody looking at the... The, the progression, mm-hmm. they discover that it's slowly but surely decreasing and decreasing. And I think with the advent of social media, it's not helping. Right. Advent of social media and the, uh, I would say, white nationalism with mm-hmm. the evangelical Yo, church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That ain't helping it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we just want to give a broad overview that this is not just an Adventist problem. Right. This Let's fu- yeah, this is not even, <laughs> I think if we were to do focus on Adventists, it would probably be more. Yeah. I think that number would be even more. Right. Um, right. It would decline far more than that. Right. Um, but this is just in general Christianity. Yeah. So in general Christianity. So that's from theguardian.com. So. Shout out to Pastor Cedric Belcher. Yeah, shout out. um, This study on Black church, Trends in the Black Church, um, by Barna.com did. And I think Barna partners with uh, Reverend Brianna. Oh, man, I forgot her last name. Reverend Brianna, she does this thing called Black Millennial Cafe. And Mm -hmm. so her thing is studying Black churches Mm -hmm. and, you know, just collecting data. So I think they worked with her to do this. But here's what Barna shows. And I'm going to let you highlight these these statistics. All right. So as you can see up on the screen, it says Christian affiliation in the U.S. by race. Okay. Um, The yellow uh, is uh, uh, symbolizes for all U.S. adults. Uh, Purple is black adults. Uh, Red is white adults and orange is Hispanic adults. Um, So from 2001, you can see that you can focus on U.S. adults. 82% of, uh, of those individuals um, had a Christian affiliation, right, in the U.S. Um, I, I believe uh, black adults were 88 uh, percent, white adults were 81, 83 uh, percent for Hispanic adults. I said that wrong. Yeah, I think I said that wrong. Maybe? No, no, no. That was right. So you got you guys can look on the screen and kind of see how it has how it had how it's trending downwards, right? So by 2001. About 66% of all adults uh, had a Christian affiliation. Um, 71% of African Americans, uh, 66 of white adults, and then 74, thank you so much for enlarging that because I was struggling. I forgot my glasses. And 74% for Hispanic adults. So you can see how it has declined and how it's continuing to trend downwards in terms of a Christian affiliation in the U.S. by race. And so here's church attendance in the U.S. by race, right? So I think nevertheless, if you're just looking at these charts, take pictures of it, you just see that Black people have been holding on, right? Black Mm. adults. But we're now almost like we're, our trajectory is the same as white adults and Hispanic adults. Like it's going down. It peaked in 2009. And I would love to know what happened in 2009. I wonder, let me see. 
No, Trump didn't become president. No, no, no. Barack Obama was still president. He was still president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but whatever happened in 2009, it peaked for mm-hmm. everybody, but then it just went down. 2019 went up a little bit, not to where it was in 2009, but then 2021. And we're in 2023, so right. we don't even have the numbers in as yet. So all of those things are just factors that are contributing, contributing to-, to decline. And like I said, this is not just Adventist. We're just talking about Christianity. Christianity on a whole. So yes. Tiffany says, what's up, Tiffany? She says, I haven't had a client identify as Christian in a long time. Most were raised and now say they believe in God or are spiritual. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to us as well. We're going to start talking about us and like our, our even, our like I, how we self-identify mm-hmm. um, in this world. But we got some more statistics and then we'll get right into the conversation, right? So here it is. We went and we tried to find and we searched the internet. I think we should have probably done our own survey. That would have been cool. Yeah. But we these are according to defender.com. Um, they did a research project and talked about reasons black millennials are leaving. And so we're gonna highlight these. You let us know if you agree with these or not. So number one reason. Judgmental and unaccepting. Millennials aren't skipping church. The black church is skipping us. Percy. Mm. I let that. I let that sit with. Wow, me. millennials aren't skipping church. The black church is skipping us. So I think yeah. So they're judgmental and unaccepting, not welcoming. Right. So it's like they're not creating the atmosphere to make black millennials feel comfortable within it. Reason number two. Do you want to do that one? No, we wanted to go back to um, the, those reasons, yeah, um, to kind of like show what worshipers want, right? Didn't we want to do this? No, I thought we were going to go through all the reasons. Okay, my bad, my bad. Right. So let's go through all the reasons then. Reason number two, choosing spiritual, choosing traditional spiritual paths. Many Black teens and young adults are opting for religious congregations and faith systems that reflect more traditional spiritual practices. So this seems, um, uh, if if I'm ex- understanding it, they're saying that they want something more traditional. No, 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 no. So I I, I, sh- I should have done that one. So did you do the okay. first one? So that one is saying that because they're because they're so exposed to so much more than other than normal Christianity, mm-hmm. they're beginning to choose other spiritual paths. So they're looking at um, just, you know, uh, African traditions of spirituality, different type of things. So rather than the usual go to church, sit down, listen to a sermon, Mm -hmm. they're choosing more inward self-reflection, different spiritual paths, different spiritual paths from different, um, from pulling from different places, not just Christianity. So they're going to Muslim, Catholic. Like. Well, I wouldn't say Muslim or Catholic. More like self-reflection. And I forgot. Like I'm gonna pull up the article and give you some examples. But I'm trying to describe. I wish I could give like identify exact examples. Mm-hmm. But more maybe like Buddhism, Confuci- Confucianism, more like spiritual formation type of things, mm-hmm. not traditional. God in heaven, but more like finding peace in the earth, finding peace in nature, finding yoga and things like that to define their spirituality. So more unconventional, traditional paths. 
Gotcha. But that says choosing traditional spiritual paths. Right. So what it means by that traditional spiritual practices, not the same church regular practices. I could pull up the article. Okay. Because that feels like a little bit. Contradictory, um, but it's yeah. saying that they're they're not they're choosing other than the traditional church form. They're choosing other traditional spiritual practices. So Tiffany says African spiritual practices. I think traditional in terms of culture. Right. Okay. Right. Wow. I'm sure. Okay. Right. So reason number three: anti-intellectual closed closed to new info. So when black people of all levels of intellect are and accomplishment enter the church, they are expected to leave their brains in the vestibule. Mercy. Yeah. So, you know, you have to stop rationalizing when you come to church. You can't think, you can't ask questions, you cannot talk about what you've been going through in the world. You cannot do any of that stuff. Mm. Right. So that's... So you, it's almost like you you don't get to think Yeah. for yourselves. And- or or ask those questions, right? Like you sit there and you be like, um, yeah, I hear what you're saying, you know, to whoever it is that this, that's talking, but that don't sound right. Like, right. tell so. me, help me to understand that a little bit more or better, just kind of feel, especially, I think Gen, we're Gen Z, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like for us, our generation and below, we definitely were, we left our brains in terms of like, yeah, like we would never challenge um, or question or question those things that we're just like, this doesn't make sense. Or yeah. why are you telling me to do this or do that? And you're not really giving me an explanation. The, exp- the explanation uh, was limited to, limited to just because I said so, or because the Bible said so, or because Ellen White said so, but it was never like in conversation or dialogue to talk about those things in depth to really understand and for it to and for it to make sense yeah like the stupid idea like remember when they used to scare us with don't go to the movies because the angels don't go there or you know back back in the day you didn't question that stuff you believed it so i think i think today's generation are becoming kind of apathetic towards the church because yo there's a lot of stuff happening in this world can we talk about it Right. right. I'm having issues with my sexuality. Mercy. I'm, com- I'm, I'm conflicted mm-hmm. with my sexuality. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can we talk about this? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, can we talk about um, Black Lives Matter? Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like, you know, so a lot of them are saying, hey, we are not messing with it because it's anti-intellectual. So I find community and I find spirituality amongst my peers when I go out to eat with them because we talk about real stuff. So I'm just... I don't know if that's the case, but this Mercy. is just this is yeah. just the top five reasons. Yeah, why. I, I like what Tiffany said. What up, John? What up, John? He says, "Happy birthday, Jamie!" And Yo, thank you, John. Three is very real. Uh, Tiffany says, "The pastor and the elders tell you what to think, mm-hmm. right?" And we see that even in a like, man, you see that from Sabbath school. But but I want to say this: that's the that is the purpose of religion. That is the power of religion. Religion is about control. It is about controlling what you read, controlling how you think, controlling your body. That's what religion does. So that's why I got in the title. I love Jesus, but I don't like your religion. Mm. Right? So it's like, and I think that's where religion finds its power. It's in systematic control. You have to dress 
dress and look a certain way. You have to think this way. Like one of the things about the Adventist church, you know, like I know when I was studying theology, we never ever were introduced to black liberation theology or things like that. We just had to read the Bible and Ellen White books. That's it. And yeah, and like Calvinism and all of these people that shaped what we call modern Christianity through their books, right? Mm -hmm. But never we were exposed to writings of Kemet or anything like that because you got to you got to be taught how to keep the institution alive and to preach because you work for this institution and to keep the people, um, what's the word? The people, you know, uh, what is it? In servitude to the institution, to the religion. Mm-hmm. But religion's power is in control, right? So, okay, let's go to reason four. Reason four, apolitical. Mercy. One of the most often restated pieces of church speak says, we are in this world, but not of this world. Mm-hmm. And there have been legions of black creatures who warned their congregants against the evils of focusing on worldly issues, i.e. being too much in this world. So that's simply, yo, don't worry about what's happening in them streets. You need to keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about voting mm-hmm. because God is control of all things, right? Mm-hmm. And so to somebody, a young millennial who's a taxpayer, it's like, uh, I'm paying taxes. I should have a right to decide who I want to lead me. Mm-hmm. So these are just their reasons. I shouldn't even be elaborating on the reason. You should. You should. No, we need to, We should. Can you go back to it? Because I want to see it. No, no, no. Right. Yeah. I would like to see it. Um, this piece, I feel like, is the foundational piece in right in in um in Adventism. I don't know about any other religions, but I just know of Adventism. And in this world, but not of this world. Even though you are in the world, right? The policies, the uh, all those things of this world is affecting you directly. You are to abstain from having real conversation or having, I don't know, solutions to these problems that are facing you, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, because we are so heaven, heavenly minded, right? That it feels as though earth is not, we hear all this, earth is not our home. We're not being going to be here forever. That's true. But we still need to survive. We still are living on this earth. So we can't turn a blind eye or cover our eyes in the name of I am in this world, but I'm not going to be of this world. I don't think that's what Jesus meant by right. that when he said it. Right. But here's, here's what's crazy, right? This is, this is crazy. And we only speak from our faith. It's amazing to me that a political structure has the audacity to tell you not to be political. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. The church is one of the most political places you will ever, ever encounter. Not only that, it's one of the worst political places because it hides behind God, right? So when you talk about nominating committee or you talk about it, or you talk about when it comes to the election of officers, they be really trying to act like it's a spiritual thing. Like God is just like they're casting lots and God is choosing who's in leadership. These jokers be politicking behind the scenes to make sure that they get 
who they want in office and whoever stays in office. So it is so interesting to me that a political structure has the audacity to tell its members not to be political in the world, but it's okay to be political within, in, the church, in the church. In the space, yeah. Right? So you look at that as a millennial and you're saying to yourself, like, oh, hold up, okay. We y'all don't want me talking about the next presidential election. Y'all don't want me to talk about how I can use my faith at the ballot box. But every four years, every two years, it's okay right. for us to get political and to mm. use God to uh use God to was it to 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 support our political yeah. <laughs> politics yeah. of yeah. politics. And we try to put prayer, we slap prayer in it to say, well, you know, we've prayed, stop lying. Right. Can stop we stop lying. lying? Stop lying. But anyway, that's for another that's for another time. But Tiffany says that this one is very Adventist. She said, I grew up at uh, Methodist and my entire village took voting seriously. Mm. My God. John says it is about control. I'm waiting on the last two reasons. But if we keep it a hundred, the church really does what they want, how they want and don't respect membership. We saw that what happened at the NEC constituent meeting in 2012. If any other 26-year-old at the time, like myself, saw that, they would be over the church, too. Yeah. Oh, you already know. Yeah. You already know. Yeah. <laughs> Those think... are the most contention, contentious, ten like, it is, the, it is like where I feel that, I feel that... He, we see people for who they are. Like you see the humanity of people, people that hold the heaviest and the biggest Bible and wear the biggest hats. That's where you truly see the humanity of people. And you say to yourself, thank God I don't look to man to save me or look to man to validate me or look to man to uh, make me feel special. I have to look to God because these people will make you want to not even step foot in another church because of what they do in these spaces. And they try to spiritualize it. And it is nothing spiritual. It is evil. You trying to politic and trying to 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 somehow wiggle yourself into spaces, into positions, because why? Because you want to. Come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. My thing is, my thing for that is, my thing for that right. is make it political. Stop trying to make it seem spiritual. Make it political. I think you can still be spiritual and political at the same time. Like, and make it make sense. Give me two individuals that I can make a logical decision to whom I want to cast my ballot for. Right. Not this, we bringing out one name at a time and the other name go back. Let me make a decision. Let me. Let me let it mirror something to like what the U.S. politics voting system is like and what most other countries are like. Anyhow, but that's that's my that's always been my beef with it. It's like, look, it's a political thing. Let's stop. Let's really stop trying to make it seem like this is God ordained and God appointed. It is man appointed, man ordained and man motivated. So that's the thing. Like, I and you're right. I agree. But here's the thing. Like. Stop trying to spiritualize it. And make it and try to convince us that this is something spiritual. Right. Like we all sit in there saying, this is yeah. like, call it, call us, call a spade a spade, call a whatever or whatever. Like, let's be real. Let's, let's stop creating this thing around it, around what we do 
to say that this is exactly what God wants or like, yo, call it what it is. Cause we, I'm sitting there saying to myself, like, I know. Yeah. And I know, you know, I know. Right. But we just going to sit here and act like we don't know. Right. <laughs> I get the calls before the constituency meeting about who are you aligning yourself with? And Mercy Jesus. And that's because we want to make sure that you are telling the people that are coming to the session that this is who you want in office. And I'd be like, don't call me with that mess. I don't, I don't get into that. They haven't called me this year, which I'm thankful because I think they already know. I don't show up to their little powwows or their meetings because it's corny to me, honestly. It's like it is. Matt corny. It like. is because you think about like it's just a small bubble. <laughs> Tiffany says that white Adventists are political, and she says that they vote. Oh yeah, and I don't think that they are shy about it either. No, we're the ones that be like, oh no, don't talk about, um, you know, what a church separation of church and state. We, you know, we don't want to. To, to step in those, you know, in those spaces to talk about, like, why? Yep. <laughs> here, oh, yeah. we have, here we have a, a huge body of people coming together um, where s- most of us are being affected by who we vote for, right? Like, we are, we are in the community. We are living in the community. I know now a lot of people are, what do they call them? They're, like, uh, commuting to church, right? But in my, when I was growing up, like, my church was in my community. So it's almost like, why not create that space where I can come in there and I can be educated and I can also learn about how I can change my community, the very same community that the church is in. Tell you something. Like, how about, how about we just ma- make the, the community that the church is in better, even though we may not be living there, right? Like, what can we do as a collaborative body to do that instead of focusing on who's going to be in this position or that position or who's going to be able to hold the keys to the church. Like, come on, y'all. Let me tell you something. Experience that I've had in the white churches that I have encountered, what happens is, yes, they do vote. They do believe because they they strongly understand and know that um, in order to keep their quality of life the way that they want it to be and to also keep people out their community to protect their their little safe havens, they vote, right? Not only do they vote, they also have people who are running for office who right. are members of their church. Right. Right. So they know, you know, this person is running for this office and that whole church knows when they time to go vote, they're going to do it. They grow up and they understand and learn that it is a practice and a habit. Um, and that's part of their political analysis. And that's white Adventists. Um, churches that I've been to and white churches that I've been to outside that it is a part of who they are, their DNA, that they see it as their God-given mandate to vote, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, I don't know if you were with me when I, I was. went to Jeffers Church, mm-hmm. and that whole church was red. Whole church. Red. And this he was, was like, election season. He was, excuse me, he was like, we're not, at, we're not, you know, telling you who to vote for. We're not, you know, we're, we're just like, we're, we're like, here are here's a list of they gave it out like pamphlets and they had it on the screen. Here's a list of things that you look for in a candidate. These are the things that align with our church and these are the things that we want you to align with in terms of when you go to the polls. And then all of a sudden, the entire church turned red. Yeah, you saw the red lights, 
everything with the screen was red. It was just like, oh my gosh, where am I? <laughs> and then and then they rolled out Greg Abbott and he was speaking to them. So I'm sitting in there, I'm looking at the person that invited me here. I'm like, why the heck did you invite me here? <laughs> you already know. <laughs> this is when we first moved to Texas. And I was like, I mean, why did you bring me here? But nevertheless, let's get back to yeah, yeah, yeah. Focus, topic. focus. Number so, four was number four is Israel. Yeah. So we're gonna go back. We're gonna talk about it. Number five. Mercy Ooh. Jesus. Peers missing. Social scientists had discovered through exhausting research what our gut already tells us. You attract who you are. So with this one, I asked Jamie, I was like, you know, like, can you put it on on our screen so we can see? Um, I was telling Jamie, I was like, I don't, I don't really understand what that means. Social scientists had discovered through exhausting research what our gut already tells us. You attract who you are. So I was just like, I don't understand. And you said. Basically, what that pair is missing and what that is explaining is that the church's leadership attracts who it looks like. So if you have leadership that is over 50, over 60 that's the image that you're setting forth to to when you put out there. So you're going to attract people in that age group, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to attract people by what you put out there. Um, so you attract who you are. So what that pair, that number five, when black millennials are saying they don't go to church is because they don't see themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't see themselves represented in the worship. They don't see themselves represented in the leadership. They don't see themselves represented in anywhere within the building. and We've had this conversation mm-hmm. multiple times that, mm-hmm. you know, when you hear we want young adults and we want young people to come to the church, you just trying to tokenize them. Mercy. You just want them to fill up your church. Mercy, Jesus. Because you are not giving them autonomy and agency to be in leadership, to, de- to redesign Mercy. the church. Mercy. Right? To redesign the worship, to redesign it, to, to create the topics that we want to hear about, to 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 make it truly mm-hmm. a young adult service, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we now we're not dressing like this no more. We're throwing out the norms. We're throwing out all of this stuff. You just want to tokenize them and just have them in the church, right? Because you want your church to look packed, right? You want their bodies. You want their bodies, but with- you don't want their thoughts. You don't want their mind. You don't want whatever it is that they have to give. Exactly. Mercy, exactly. Jesus. So mercy. you attract who you are, and look at the end of the day. Being on this side of it, you know, it's, it's, it's a numbers game too, right? So you appeal to your constituents. You appeal to the people that's going to give. You appeal to the people that's keeping the doors open. But if you truly want youth and young adult in the church, you have to put them and set them up in positions of leadership so that they can actually lead. And they can do some of their crazy ideas, but you walk alongside with them, right? Like, don't tokenize them to have them. You just want them to sit in the pews to listen to you talk about being apolitical. <laughs> Nobody trying to hear that. Nobody got no time for that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, like, so you'll see like Myron Edmonds, you'll see Wesley Knight, you see them. They have large followings of people online because they talk about topics and issues mm-hmm. that young adults care about. Mm-hmm. The young adults want to know how does the scripture speak to them? Mm-hmm. But don't go out there talking about we out here trying to build this for you and put this together and you ain't got majority of the people that you sitting around is not young adults sitting at right. the table. They old just like you or they're the same age or a little bit older. 
Yeah. Yeah, don't. I think those days are, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, just don't tokenize. Yeah, don't, don't tokenize, tokenize. The, to, to who it is that you should have it in that space. Right. Don't just, just don't, just don't have their bodies um, and not, and not their mind. So, um, so how do you think that um, when we think about this, this topic of peers are missing, right? Um, and in terms of like the leadership, I remember actually Kamon Hines, um, he posted something that was just like, it was off the chain. I wish I, I could pull it up, honestly. Um, but he was just basically saying like, um, do you remember what he said? He was saying something like, um, most of the leadership, like the leadership in our in our denomination in our religion, um, they wait basically until, and I'm probably misquoting him, but essentially they wait until um, people are in their 60s, right before they're able to be in those positions of leadership, where change can really uh, happen on that level or, or on those levels. It feels as though like once you are in your 60s, then it's almost like, yep, you're ripe enough to be in this leadership role. Um, anything under that, it seems as though like you have to wait until that time. Do you remember? Yeah. That? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. God. Yeah. So, but it, it goes back to you attract who you are, right? So, you know, you, you got it. Ain't no, I don't know if there's a president that's ever been under 40. I don't know if that's ever been the case. If the leadership is ever allowed for under 40. I don't know. Nevertheless. But, you know, we, I loved Pastor Phipps' sermon. Mm -hmm. Loved it. I thought everything Pastor Phipps said was, there was maybe one point where I was like, eh, but I think majority of what he said was absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. But as I sat there, I was like, ain't nothing gonna change. Yeah. That's the unfortunate part. Ain't nothing gonna change. Because the institution needs it to stay that way in order for it to stay alive. Mm. So I don't know if there's anyone courageous enough in leadership, mm. in leadership, right? Right. It can't. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Well, I'll say, keep going. Keep going. Keep I'll say going. courageous enough in leadership mm -hmm. to actually say, let's break this up and let's do something different. The, now, the other thing too is, are there enough people courageous enough in the, and then that's the thing. So here's the thing, right? I believe that there are people courageous enough in the churches to want to change things, but the people that want to change things have already chucked up the deuces. Mm -hmm. I think some of them have already said, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. I ain't got no, I ain't got no time to deal with this. Y'all can have that. And so the same people that always show up for the constituency meetings, mm -hmm. the same people that always show up for the business meetings, they the same people that show up. And because other people, when people, <laughs> when people have something to do with their life, they ain't got no time for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? They're kind of like, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm good. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, I'll deal with that. I'm, yeah. I'm going to just come to church when I want to. Mm -hmm. If it's a good word, I yeah. can work. It's like that hands-off thing because it tires you out. Right. Right. You're tired because you're just like, how long have I been in this space and nothing has happened? And I, as I as you said, I feel that that change, what Phipps was talking about, it was an amen. Everybody was like all the all the lay people, all the con congregation was like, amen, amen, amen. But it's the leadership. 
Mm-hmm. That's where that needs to like, they have to be courageous enough to say, but this is how we're going to change it. This is how we're going to fix it. Um, and be intentional about that. But yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, if- it's, and you know, and I'll even say like, and this, this is when, when Pastor Belcher sent us this, uh, these slides, right? When he sent us like this stuff, trends in the black church and statistics and all that stuff, I was really like saddened, not because Mm -hmm. of the statistics, but I was saddened that in our church, the black work, like I feel like when we go to evangelism council, when it's pastors or even at workers meetings, like I think I would really love to see if we were uh, if we were doing studies like this, like actually doing studies and actually doing surveys and actually collecting data amongst our young adults, amongst our worshipers to understand where they are and how they feel so that we can start making changes for the future instead of trying to do the same old things like, yo, y'all still doing, y'all, I hope y'all not st- still doing crusades, like putting up tents. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, why can't, there's enough intellect within our church. Like you got Dr. Tiffany Llewellyn. Right. You got so many people that's in this chat right now that I'm sure if somebody said, hey, we want to put together a research group to collect data on the de- declination of seven day, black, seven day, black millennial seven-day Adventists within our church mm-hmm. so that we can know and understand how we need to plan for the next five years. Yeah. Rather than doing the same old thing, expecting to get results. Mm. Courageous leadership. That's where it's at. So, <laughs> all right, let's pause for a moment. There, the chat has been going off. They've been blowing up. It's been going off. And I'm like, where do I start? Because uh, there's quite a few people who have chimed in. Um, um, man, okay. All right, let's start with Anderson. Anderson says, between churches and conferences, it is apparent to me that I, a young adult, uh, don't matter. Not one program, event, anything has been produced for my demographic. Matter of fact, you guys have directly addressed issues I I, I have more so than any conference or church. Mm. Um, Mercy Jesus. Um, Gary says, there won't be a president under 40 because they're afraid of what would happen to their way of life. Mm. Mm. Uh, Anderson says I'm kind of over it I was over it around 25 to 31 then I got back and now I'm done (laughs) I'm I'm done again he's like over and out shout out shout out to Anderson for trying for real (laughs) for real Uh, and keep it Gary says and keeping it a buck some of the people who you're going to have to disagree with strongly are people who you probably love so often you leave. That's right. Right. These are people that you probably grew up in church with. These are probably people that you've put on a pedestal. Probably people who like, you know, like you're just like, man, like for real, like this is where it's at. And so again, I think just like politics in the, in, in our society and our world outside of our, uh, outside of religion tires you. I feel like it's the very same thing when it comes to church and politics and all those things. Um, uh, Tiffany says they got tents happening all over New York right now. Jesus. 
Sorry, I'm trying to be laughing. I got something for that. Oh my God! Wow! <laughs> Tiffany says that data is desperately needed. Facts, because it's almost like, can we plan? Can we see where we are, and then where, and then where are we going? Right? Because it seems as though we're just kind of just moving on, just keeping. We just keep going without without true direction. Here's the thing, though. I think maybe the data does exist. It just hasn't been released or they're not doing anything with it that data has not been i know that they partnered they partnered years ago with barna and barna did something i think it was around 2017 you could ask pastor marquise johns ask marquise johns and i believe that barna said the adventist church has a problem mercy jesus i think they were in turkey or somewhere and he said y'all got a problem and the problem was your young adults are leaving. And this was like, I feel like it was back in 2017 or 2018 that Barna did a study on our church. Let me see if I can find it. Man, listen. Um, Cedric says, I feel the same way, bro. We are data adverse. That's why we make these decisions that make no sense. Yo. <laughs> Help us, Lord Jesus. Um, yeah, you're right. Like. I would love to see that what that data looks like. Um, you're right; they did mm-hmm. young adult study. When was it done? 2014 or 15? Wow, 2013. Okay. Yep. Well, we're gonna have to look at that and see what exactly the objectives yep. of the questions were. What church engagement during childhood, church faith engagement, barriers to engagement, uh, the Theologic mm-hmm. profile of young adults, demographic profile of young adults. Um, yeah, that's something that I definitely would love to look at. But it seems as though data is there. So what are we doing with that data? So what happened is they did the data back in 2013 and they ain't pick it back up again. It's 10 years old. Sounds and about I right. I think I remember him. I think I remember one of the um, outcomes was like, yeah, I got an issue. Your church got a serious issue that if you don't do something now, you're going to be. Yeah, the do something now is. The do something now is we're going to do what we did. Right. We got to 20 years ago. We got to stick to our. We got to stick to what we did 20 years ago. And then we're going to try to make it make a change, try to do different, um, do something different. It's, it's not, it's the same thing. And then you ask yourselves like, is what we're doing or whatever it is that we're doing that we were doing 20 years ago, is it working? Like, is it really working? Is it changing lives? Are people, um, is it changing lives where we're able to create services or be able to retain uh, these people, uh, these, you know, people that, that were baptizing, like, what is, what is that plan? What does that plan look like? Did you roll, did you roll that plan out to, you know, to the church members, to the pastors? Like, what does that plan look like so that we can all be on the same page regarding moving forward? Right. And so, whew. There's so much more I could say, but I will not. Uh, Renee says, I lost hope when they collected money for that alleged youth center in the 80s that never materialized. Where's the data on that? Listen, that I feel like that right there is like the demise of all things 
Uh, like, I feel like that's where trust in. Right. Um, but this was this was one of the things, right, um, that you had what worshipers want and something that we talked about, like th- our approach to money. So go. OK. Our approach to money. Mm-hmm. Right. The service itself. Congregation dynamics or makeup. Church leadership. Church member, community and culture. <laughs> it says none of these. And none of these. Uh, it says, is there anything you did not enjoy about your black church experience? Right. So 30 percent said the approach to money. That is like number one. But 41 percent said none of these. I didn't enjoy about your black church experience. So there's a lot of data out there and things out there. I think the can you do the one? I'm sorry. Can you do the other one? What worshipers want? Mm-hmm. So this is important as well. From um, one to five, it says worshipers want leadership of the pastor. Worshippers want style of preaching. Worshippers want music style, friendliness of the congregation, and topics preached on. Mm-hmm. Topics that they are caring about. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what were characteristics that Black churchgoers wish were different? So they wish the approach to money was different. The length of service. Y'all be talking too much. <laughs> Programs for teenagers. That makes sense. If you're mm-hmm. millennial, you probably got some teenagers. teenagers. Well, you, if you're a millennial. Yeah, because we're, we're Gen Z millennial. So you can have teenagers. You can. Yeah. Yeah. You can. Kimon is yeah, a millennial. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Kimon, Myron, they're millennials. So you can have teenagers. Use of technology, like let's get with it, like get get a cash app for your church and programs for, for kids. kids. So that's the piece right there. That programs for kids is, I think, is a huge piece mm-hmm. that we've missed the mark for a very long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anderson, we can get you that. Absolutely. I can get you all the slides yeah. and the whole study because it's deeper. And then I'm also include the... um. The Barner Group, because there's some things in here that that are highlighted that I'm just skimming through that I think if we paid attention to them, we would have been in a better place or churches would be in better places right now. Oh, my goodness. Forgiveness and acceptance. That one, that piece that says the local churches should also. Can you show this up on the screen? Um, oh, you would. Yeah. Never mind. It's OK. Yeah. The local churches should also investigate how they can challenge their young adults to have such experiences in the first place. Camps are often mentioned as vehicles for such experiencing as we're pathfinders and adventurers. But these were designed for youth. What are the young adult parallels that can provoke the kind of transformational change that deepens the relationship both with Christ and the church? Mercy. Yeah. So and what's good about it is that they interviewed uh, different millennial Adventists at that age. I would love for them to do a follow-up study with the same people like where they are now. Mm-hmm. But they were just expressing some of the themes that we mentioned in regard to why top five reasons why Black millennials leave. There are some of the things that were highlighted in this 2013 study that some churches followed up on or not. But one thing we know that we doubled down is evangelism, baptisms and money well evangelism and baptisms they won't say money but we all know cash money um dorian says i know churches that consider 60 year old elders as the youth young elders the church what did i read that right say again 
I know churches that consider 60-year-old <laughs> elders as the youth, young <laughs> elders of the church. Yes. Yes. What? What? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's just one of those things. Like it's, mm -hmm, um, it's a lot of information to process. To process, um, but how are you guys feeling in terms of? Um, I guess I know how you're feeling because you kind of have been putting it in the chats. <laughs> how you feel? How you're feeling with this information? How are you feeling as you're processing it? Um, you know, um, I, I would assume that from this space that you guys would um, say that these things are true. Uh, we've seen it happen or happening in our spaces. Um, and it's just a reality of what it is that we see. Um, Tiffany says, my husband is 44 and his pastor called him and his peers to discuss youth and young adult issues. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm in my 40s. Right. Exactly. And so I'm going to make a wild assumption out there. My assumption is that his pastor is probably in his 60s, or his pastor is probably nearing 70s. So if you're that age, 44 looks very young, right? And Maybe how he dresses, he's stylish. So he looks at him, he probably says, oh, he must have a closer connection with the youth and young adult. That's my assumption. Not saying that he doesn't at the age of 44. You can be like, there's some really guys that I know that connect with youth and young adult. But it's just, you know, if your leadership, like they call me a young man. Like I'm not. If you're calling me to do like youth speaking and I'm like, no. I can't do that, mm -hmm. right? I think I the last one I did was at Kingsborough, and I was struggling through that because I'm not I'm not there no more, right? Right? I'm I, I don't I really don't have it like how I used to have it because. Yeah, but how could you? Because you are you a whole forty four year old where you you're 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 you know you're talking about uh, owning a house, uh, you have children, you right. know, you're talking, your issues are like, yo, I got bills. Like, yo, I'm worried about retirement. <laughs> right. That's where you're working. <laughs> yeah, too. Okay. Yo, well, I'm a retire. Exactly. But I also think too, that the other reality is there probably ain't a lot of young pastors in their twenties and in their twenties or that age group anymore, because the trends are showing that they just not doing theology no more. They just not studying to be pastors. Like the schools aren't graduating as many pastors as they were when I was in school or back. It's like, mm -hmm. and I remember even when I was at when undergrad, the theology department was the smallest department. It was we were one. Well, not say the small. We were probably one of the smallest departments in the entire school. And then if there were other people that were in it, they were like that adult degree program. So they were older and they didn't come on campus. They did it some weird kind of way. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just a reality of what it is. It is what it is. But we are no, we are not young people. No, I mean, we try to like, you know, try to stay fresh, try to, you know, keep it, whatever. 
we're not we're not young. Yeah, I we're not. Them. I don't. To be honest, I don't want to be in my twenties anymore. I don't even look, want to be in my thirties anymore. Look, like, real talk. My style is in a bubble. I still dress in a bubble. I still wear brands that I liked when I was in high school. Yeah, and that's cool. But you're not. But you're not. Even though you may like those brands, you're not buying the same thing you were buying when you were in your twenties or that's in true. your in your teens, that's right? True. Your your style has elevated. Um, to match your age, right? Mm-hmm. You're not trying to. You're not trying to wear, you know, baggy jeans and but you're like you're not about that life, mm-hmm. right? Keep you talk. T- keep talk. Keep, I like where you're going. Keep on. Keep talking about my style. I like that. And I just stopped. <laughs> like we're not trying to. We're not trying to be young in that sense of trying to act like we know what them what those young people are going through, right? When we were the age, we were. There was a whole lot <laughs> that we did not have access to. These kids have access to that stuff and they're dealing with some serious stuff, Whoa. right? And so here we are trying to, we can try to understand where they are, but at the end of the day, in spaces where you are trying to create programming for young people, you cannot have old people in there. I'm sorry. You can have like one or two Moses. <laughs> Right. You can have one or two of them, but it cannot be the majority of the people in there that's planning for young people that are not young. Right. And that- like, don't just say we want young people to be here, but we want to plan for them. Right. How do you know what they want? Right. Right. You are not young anymore. So let the young people. Even me saying let the young people, I sound mad old. Right. Right. It's I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm my age is telling on me right now. So it's almost like let let the people in their age range plan what they want to plan and 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 be in spaces where they can have their voices heard and they can be and they feel valued. Do not ask a 44 year old man or woman to plan something for a 12 year old, a 15 year old. A 16-year-old, maybe a 12-year-old, depending on if you're an educator, right? Like, if you're going to do that, be, say, here is the budget, right? And let that person, whoever creates the budget, whoever that leader is, and tell them, with this budget, we need you to plan. But what you do is you, you put a bunch of young people around the table, or you put the people around the table and say, here's the budget. This is what you can spend. Create a program design a program Facts. and if they say no it's okay it's okay and if they you know but whatever I like i feel like it's in the, it's in the engagement how are you in how are we engaging them what what are we saying you know what right. relationships are we creating for them in right. this space is like what does that look like is it like i just want you to plan or i want you to read this verse or i want you to do this or do that right i know i'm guilty of that you know like i'm not sitting here saying you know, um, I, I have not been guilty of planning programs for young people in my old age. Right. Um, but what I'm saying is I realize it does not work. Right. right? And it's more effective when they're in the room, right. When they're at the table, they're actually at the head of the table telling us, this is how I want you to support me. This is how I need to be supported in this space. These are the resources that I need in order to feel supported. Right. And I also think to reach them where they are, right. Like reach them, not not trying to reach young adults where you want them to be. So you're not, you're not making the dinner 
and then telling them to come and eat. Right. What you're doing is you're inviting them to bring the ingredients. Right. To be a part of the the, the, the process, right? So mm-hmm. reach them where they are, man. If they want to hear sermons about how to live a better life or how to be successful or how do you translate your faith in, you know, mm-hmm. in the world or how does your faith dictate your politics and, mm. you know, stuff like that. Like reach them from there, like faith and sexuality. Yes, right? like have even com- having them having conversations with that and not feeling like, oh, that's, oh my gosh, that's anti <laughs> what I've learned or whatever. If you're cringing, you probably shouldn't be in that space. Right. Honestly, if you're cringing out loud, like, like audible, like you're just like, oh my gosh, you're being super judgmental. Like you should not be in that space at all talking to them. But if a, if a, if a, if a young person comes to you and say, yo, I'm struggling with my sexuality, bet. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah. And then Get like into that, right. You know? Then, you know, and if they, if they come to you with that, then they've, they have trust in you. Yes. So with that trust, you know, you could write, are there more, like, are there more young people in this church who are having that issue who are, is that something? And obviously they're going to tell you, they're probably going to tell you who, but they'll tell you. And so can we have a conversation about this? Yeah. Can we create informal spaces, safe spaces? Mm-hmm. Does it have to be, because honestly, I feel like the order of service is wonderful, but I don't know if the order of service is necessary every week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we need to have an out of order service mm. every now and then, right? I like that out of order, or or create different spaces so that everybody is not everybody does not have to be inside the sanctuary at the same time. Like you mm-hmm. can create rooms for specific reasons and specific areas. Like this room, we're talking about this. This room is prayer. If you want a traditional sermon, then this is here for you. Yeah, well, right. Yeah, like, you know, setting up leadership and. Being intentional about a design that's really centered around the people, right. not around the institution. Mm, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but that was a good thought, though. That right. was a good thought. Let me, let me, um, let me get so, myself a- Oh, my God. Wow. Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, Tiffany says, TBH, to be honest, I don't think the leaders don't have this information or data. It's simply they don't care. The pathway to leadership in the SDA church is so power-driven and takes so long. I think people who had good desires at one point are just trying to leave a mark on their name. The actual needs don't matter. Drops. That's that's heartbreaking. And the end. Dang. That's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. And that's why you need to do those data that data because But maybe- she's saying they they, they they she's saying that they what Tiffany is essentially saying is they've they know this data. Yeah. But they don't care. They don't care. Because it's so power driven. Protect the institution. Protect the institution. Um oh my gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. We should be there for support and guidance. Um, but they should be doing the planning and the executing. I like that. Um, our Rhoda says out of order service. Um, Tiffany said needs needs based small groups. I truly believe it's the model that we should be maximizing on. Yeah, I feel like it's like a classroom, like as a teacher, like I 
Taylor, right, is called differentiated learning, mm. right? So here we, here as a teacher, I differentiate the learning based on the child and what they they need. But we can't do that in church, right? There is no differentiation. It is basically A or B. You come, you sit, or you stay home and you do whatever you want. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. There's no in-between, unfortunately. Yo, I'm looking at these pastors doing crusades, and they still using them same slides. Mercy Jesus. We were seeing. Mercy Jesus. When we were 13 and 14 years old. And what I'm talking about, them slides, the people on the slides, like the picture, they're using the same pictures. Mercy <laughs> The pictures I'm look scary like scary teachers. I'm uh, pictures. But even like how the cartoon is drawn, they look like He Man or like they look like they look like cartoons, like 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 Transformers, like how they used to draw GI Joe, like them old Yo. cartoons. They using them pictures in 2023. Jesus, you can't do that no more if you're trying to reach somebody. The same slides. The same. The same scary slides. Them joints were mad scary. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about how them slides made you feel like, yo. You got the lion with eight heads and all that. But what's crazy is, here's the most craziest part of that, is in 2023, these evangelists got the nerve to be showing white Jesus White angels in black churches. Man, I thought we were off that. Right. Can we revamp them slides, though? Yo, there's not one slide where Jesus is white and the devil is like dark, browner color. He's not black, but he's like a And he's not red. Yeah. He ain't red. He's a dark. I'm like, bruh, it is is the the tone deafness Mm. that is disrespectful. Yeah. That I think like it is it is so tone deaf. Right. You're right. You're right. Them things are scary. I remember one time the girls were sitting in oh. church. They were sitting in church and <laughs> slide came up as a crusade. The slide came up. They were probably, I don't remember how old they were, but they were young enough, right? So <laughs> we're sitting there, the slide come on. That joint was so traumatic. The girls literally like hid underneath my, like underneath me. Cause it was just like, I was traumatized. I was like, can we at least get, uh, you know, if you are, uh, you know, there, there may be some, can we get some of that? No, Yo, that joke was I, so traumatic. Can I say something? Can I say, can I say that that minister wasn't using a computer? You know what he was using for his slides? Them, uh, the little joint. The joints where you put the film, no, the film pictures, in, no, and you click, Jesus, and click, and I click. Mean, when he brought it, we didn't know what to do with it. We were like, "Yo, there's no way we could connect this to the screen," so we had to get all of them and put it on a computer, um, to put it on a computer. And let me tell you, to everybody who's listening, this is in the 2000s. This is like, <laughs> sorry, we are. We are in the 2010s, okay? We are not even in the, the, the 90s. My man had, my man brought his equipment and it was the ones that we used to have in elementary school. Jesus, yeah. They, they had to push the yeah, button yeah. and it went around. So <laughs> I'm like, but you know, you attract who you are. Yeah, you attract who you are and it's evident, right? It's evident. Like, come on, like, come on. You, 
sit and you see this thing, you're just like, come on, like, come on. Like, there has to be a better way. There is a better way. There has to be a better way because we can't say that we are who we say we are and still be as tone deaf as I don't know what. Like, this can't be real life. Um, this, this is hilarious. Someone was telling me just a few weeks ago, an African-American church member was saying in Sabbath school, how white people gave us Christianity. Oh. In 2023. You lying to me. Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) There's no way. Yeah, I think we need to close. We need to close on it that. Is no <laughs> way. We need to close on that. <laughs> and I'm sure they said that joint with a straight face too. Yeah. Talk about a lack of knowledge. My God. Um, People perish because of that. I, 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 I uh, those are, those are, those are. <sighs> okay. That is a very, um, that's crazy. I, 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 I don't even have words to say to um, make, make sense of that. Yeah. That's just like. I don't even want to make sense of yeah, it. I don't even want. I'm, there, there's some things I, I think. Uh, you entertain. And yeah. then there's some things you're just like. Yeah, no. I'm at that age. I'm tired. I'm like, you know what? You, you go on with your ignorance. Somebody else. You're going to say that to somebody else and they're going to deal with it. I ain't the one. Not not tonight. Not it's today. Like, can you not tomorrow? <laughs> not ever. Not ever. Never. Ever. 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 Uh, because that right there, she's like Tiffany says. I'm dead serious. I said, I said. See, this is why I can't. Um, this is yeah. That's some crazy, crazy stuff right there. Um, I I cannot. Um, I promise you, I cannot. Fathom and and it, 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 I'm gonna leave it alone because I feel like the more I think about that joint, is the more like <laughs> I'm like this cannot be. We're gonna hit that with. Oh my god! Wow! Yo, I feel like we need to walk. I need to walk around with this sound everywhere I go <laughs> when foolishness comes. <laughs> like I really want to. Uh, Robin said. Ronnie said. I'm sorry, Ronnie. She said they couldn't, they couldn't find the, the slides slide. with the black Jesus. Ronnie, they at least like they ain't even just got, don't show it though. Yeah, don't show Jesus. Don't yeah. show him if I'm sorry. They still using them. You go look. Uh, who said who said they got all them uh, tents up in? Um, I think it was John, John said that that he there were tents in um in his neighborhood. Come they on. still got tents. Come on, John. If you go to one of those, you know, you know all them slides if you've been at Ventus. Those slides look like He-Man characters. They look like G.I. Joe. They're very scary. They're like, but the the, the animation is- just, they were done in the 70s. Right. Probably 60s. Right. The fonts <laughs> that they use. I was just like, nah, bro. But, you know, look, man, it's, it is what it is. I think it's, just the reality and it's whether or not we want to be intentional about reaching, retaining, mm-hmm. and really having some good, you know, uh, services and offering things that black millennials want. Or it can just be what it is, right? They just don't care. They 
you know. But I think black millennials are smart enough to know that you're not going to tokenize me. Like, if I'm coming here, I'm coming here because I want to. And don't say you want me here mm-hmm. if you're not creating agency, giving me space to design and be a part of what you want me to be in, right? Like, don't invite me into something and then you're going to tell me what to, you know, you're going to tell mandate or dictate on me or how things should be or whatever. I'm lo- Y'all know when I get tired or when I'm getting, because my words start. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're tired because I think this is something that you, um, you've been, you've actually, if I were to be honest, you've actually talked about this before, I think before the pandemic and you definitely talked about it during the pandemic. Um, and just to kind of see the data that backs up what you've been talking about for a long time is, is like, wow. Um, and it's just a matter of at this point in time, like most of us we're tired. Um, at this point in time, it's almost like you almost feel like I just want to have moments. I just want to have an opportunity to commune with God on a spiritual level without without the religion or that influence um heavy that heavy influence right where you're just like you know what I want I want to be spiritual I want to be connected to God I believe that there's a powerful God and I believe all those things but the question is do I need those do do I need the every Sunday every Sabbath going in and into spaces where um uh I don't feel as connected or it's almost like it doesn't serve a purpose. It's like, let me just be spiritual without this. And it seems as though this is what's trending um, now. And I know to any staunch Adventist, um, I can almost hear the, 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 the separation of the we in the tears conversation happening, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like, we see these things are happening. It's almost like this is the last days. Like that's that. Those are the answers. Yeah, those are the answers that we give. This is the signs of the time. the The Bible talks about the hearts of men will grow cold and all those things, right? So it's almost like it's a cop out. Yeah, it's not like a. It's not like we're saying no. Let's acknowledge it and let's figure out how we can ch- change it or move forward and upward and forward but instead is the cop out of no this is exactly what's supposed to happen if you decide not to come to church you know i could tell that i'm going to be judged because it's automatically like i am not religious or i am showing myself to be not spiritual the fact that i'm not coming means that i have uh, have disconnected myself from god and that could be further from the truth right what these studies are showing. So it's just one of those things of just like, okay, can we a- at least acknowledge this thing? Can we acknowledge that this is what's happening? All right, after we acknowledge it, okay, what are we doing, right? Leadership, what are we doing? How are we changing this thing? How are we turning this thing from what it is to what it needs to be? How are we being intentional about that? I think that is the purpose for us pretty much just bringing this up, just talking about it. You know, we don't want to we don't necessarily want to give solutions or anything like that, but it's just an acknowledgement of, yo, this joint is happening. It's happening. Yeah. 
Yep. Unfortunately, I don't think any of the leaders are going to listen to our podcast or anything. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think that we should always keep on talking. The moment we get silent is the moment we die. Um, But I think that it's important for us to raise our voice and that you find a place or a space that welcomes you, your whole you. And I think that's the core of what you're saying. And the core of the episode is that I feel like churches do not welcome us. Like that that point, right, that she said, uh, or that we read. Um, the black church, let me just read it. Let me just read it. Millennials aren't skipping church. The black church is skipping us. Right? They're overlooking us. They're sticking to their old ways, they're old wineskins, and they are not acknowledging us and our whole selves. Um, and that that is frustrating, especially when you're giving money to it, especially when you love it, like you've grown up in it, you've been a part of it. It's part of generations of your family, but they, you know, I don't feel welcome here anymore. Mm-hmm. Or the change to implement that change, like Tiffany said, to implement that change is exhausting. It's tiring, and um, uh, it's exhausting and it's tiring, and it's just one of those things. Like, okay, <laughs> what do we do? How do we fix it? How do we try to? But at this point in time, it's just like, yo, it's just gonna be what it needs to be. Yeah, it is what it is. Just like America. Yep. They've shown you who you are, who they are. They are. Believe them. Yeah. All right. Well, look. Yeah, this has been great. Remember, we are on Spotify. We are on Apple. So if y'all can just hit the subscribe button, just go there and subscribe. It helps us. Um, It helps us generate views. It helps us get promoted. So look out for your peoples. But we do this for the love of it. And you're going to get our old episodes. And this episode is going to be up there as well. But yeah, talk back. We want to hear your comments. Send us uh, feedback, all of that good stuff. But we got to go. We signing out. I still got three more hours according to the- Turn up. We about to turn it up, y'all. For my birthday. And so- We got turn it. We turned down. Yeah, we turned down. Too old. Too old. This is Jamie. (laughs) This is Carlene. Peace. Peace. We are signing out. Nothing but love. We appreciate y'all. Three, two, one.